0: Welcome to the Shell Harbour Salvation Army podcast. If you are ever in Shell Harbour, come and worship with us 10am Sundays. Check out shellharborsalvos.com or our Facebook page for more info. Thank you, thank you. Well, um, I was reading this well a couple of weeks ago about Picnic at Hanging Rock. Picnic at Hanging Rock was a book and then a really famous movie and just recently they made a television series about it and it tells the story of these posh private school girls off at boarding school in Victoria back in the year 1900 and they go on a picnic to Hanging Rock, a school picnic and um, uh, a group of them decides to go for a bushwalk and they disappear, never to be seen again. Now I, like many, thought this was a true story but this article told me, no, it's just made up. And I couldn't quite believe it at first because so many people had told me it was true. And so I checked on the internet and sure enough, no, it's just a novel. But we all believe in myths. We all believe in things we get told so many times, we just assume that they're true. Another one is, um, it's often said that Shakespeare didn't really write his plays. And people say, he didn't really write those plays. Uh, but any. Shakespeare's scholar will tell you that if you spend half an hour investigating, you'll see there's heaps of evidence that he wrote his plays and no good evidence that he didn't. It's just a myth. In school, wrestling became really big, you know, Hulk Hogan and WWF and all that stuff. And we all swore it was real. We swore, and if an adult came and said, I'm pretty sure it's fake, like, you idiots. Of course it's not fake, it's 100% real. But no, it's fake, it's totally fake. Now, a lot of these myths are pretty innocuous. It doesn't really matter whether we believe in them or not. But it would be no good if there was a real uh, uh, important, life-changing truth that we all missed because we were busy believing in a myth. Well, I want to suggest that there is such a myth. And unlike believing that wrestling is real, or that Shakespeare didn't write his play, or that Hanging at Hing Rock was real this this myth really is affecting our lives it is not innocuous it's doing us damage because it, it hides from us the most beautiful and powerful and important and life changing truth that humanity has ever known and put simply this myth is that God loves good people and he hates bad people God loves and accepts the good and he hates and rejects the bad. We hear this said in a thousand different ways. I was at the markets, I think I've told you this story. I was at the markets of Kiama uh, a a year ago and this guy was selling vinyl records and someone said to him, Are you going to go to the vinyl record, record fair up at the old church next week? And he said, Oh, well, the things I've done, I think God will strike me down the first step I take into a church. You can turn on the TV and you see some old strict Sunday school teacher lady saying, now if you keep that up, you'll go straight to hell. You know This idea that bad people go, get, get, get rejected by God. God hates them and he loves the good people. You've got to be good if you want to get God's love. Well, this, this friends, is a myth. It's not true. The truth is God loves everyone and God loves you. We're looking at uh, John chapter 3 today. John chapter 3, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, four accounts of Jesus' life. And in this one, we meet a fellow named Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, one of the head Pharisees. The Pharisees were a religious group of people who believed that um, if you wanted God's love, you had to be good. They really believed that if God... God loved and accepted the good and hated and rejected the bad. So their entire life was spent trying to be good. And that they were so serious about it, they came up with rules for every single situation, just to be sure. So if you wanted to take a walk, there were rules about how to do it. If it was Sunday, there were endless rules about what you could and couldn't do. There were rules about what you could eat rules about what you can drink, rules about what you can say, and rules about who you could say those things to. Endless rules. And Nicodemus, Nicodemus was better than most at keeping these rules. He was a pretty good guy. But he must have thought, I wonder, I wonder if this is really the right way to God. He probably thought for a start, it's kind of exhausting keeping rules all the time. I'm kind of worn out by it, and you know um, uh, even though I try my best to be a good person, I keep messing up still because my whole life is about being good, but I still find myself sinning and doing the wrong thing. Maybe there's another way, and he'd heard about Jesus and he'd seen Jesus do amazing things, and he'd heard Jesus teach something very different, so he went to Jesus and we' told it was night time. And he he went up to Jesus and he started talking. Before he could even really get his question out, Jesus said to him, he said, Nicodemus, mate, listen. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son. This is Jesus talking about himself. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him or believes in me will not die but will have eternal life and what he's saying is he's saying nicodemus you have spent your whole life trying to be good thinking that's what makes you worthwhile trying to get god's love that's never going to do it for you the fact is god loves everyone and and jesus jesus is proof of that jesus is the evidence of that you see, you see, this is, this is me speaking. Um, you see, God does not like sin. He can't have anything to do with sin. When you think about it, that makes sense. Who wants a God who embraces sin and bad stuff? Nobody wants that. God hates sin. He can't have anything to do with it. But he loves us. So he kind of needed to separate the sin from us. So what he did is he sent jesus who is really him made man to come on earth and die on a cross and on that cross during that terrible death he took the punishment for our sins he took the consequences he paid the price and he made it so that if we believe in him if we put our trust in him those sins aren't held against us they're separated from us they're gone. The price is paid. They're of no consequence. They don't matter anymore. We can forget they ever existed. Now, if, that's, if that whole thing's new to you, I, I acknowledge that it's a lot to take in. It's a very convoluted thing. Uh, it might seem uh, crazy, abstract kind of thing, but I, I encourage you to persist trying to figure it out because it's the most beautiful truth you'll ever know. But for now, know this. All this cross stuff in Christianity was done because God loves you. You go into church and you see crosses all over the place. It's Christians reminding themselves how much God loves us. I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Way back in the 1850s, 1860s, in the east end of London, there was terrible poverty, terrible violence and a lot of alcoholism. Uh, People were just drunk 24-7. Men couldn't work because they'd drunk too much. Women couldn't look after their children because they'd drunk too much. And there were uh, endless people willing to take advantage of these poor alcoholics. So in every corner on the East End there was a, a pub or a bottle shop, people trying to sell this cheap rum to the poor alcoholics. And into this situation, I think like, if you want to get the scene, think Oliver Twist. Same time, same place, right? And into this situation came the Salvation Army. This is where the Salvation Army started. And they would would rescue these drunks and they'd get them some work and they'd get them off the grog. And as a result, the demand for rum went down. Great news for these poor alcoholics, terrible news for the publicans. They hated it. They saw their, their wealth going away. So they formed what they called the skeleton army, a rival army. And they would get together all these other publicans and angry young men and they would attack Salvation Army meetings. So there'd be a meeting like this and they'd come in screaming and shouting, trying to disrupt it, hurling rotten fruit into the place. And often the meetings would end in a massive brawl and people would be going to hospital, people going to jail, And it wasn't uncommon to see Salvationists walking around with blood on the uniform collar. Anyway, one of the leaders of the Skeleton Army was this guy named Charlie Jeffries. Charlie was an angry young fella and he loved nothing more than giving the Salvation Army hell. He hated them. He hated everything they stood for. He would hurl hurl fruit at them. He'd hurl bricks at them. He'd attack them. He'd beat them up. He'd put them in hospital. He could not stand them. One Sunday there was a meeting on and he came along to disrupt it and he came in and he walked in and the preacher, the preacher didn't tell him to leave. The preacher didn't ignore him. The preacher looked at him and, and preached right at him and he said, God, loves you. Now Charlie, he really was an angry young man. And life had taught him that if you wrong someone, they're going to hate you forever. But here he was hearing that, despite the fact that he spent years, his life's work was trying to ruin God's work and oppose God and ruin the Salvation Army's work, and to find people who'd been delivered from alcoholism, and grab them and drag them back into the gutter, despite all that, God still loved him. And he was moved by that love, and he accepted it. And from that day on, his life was completely changed. Charlie joined the Salvation Army, And he proved to be really effective in the work. He became an officer, like a minister, like Jess and I are. And uh, uh, he was a very good speaker. So he travelled the world speaking. He came to Sydney. He started the Salvation Army in China. Then he went back to London and he um, started the... he He was in charge of the Salvation Army training college there. So now he's training the officers. And then he got promoted to commissioner and he was in charge of the Salvation Army in the UK, which is one of the most important jobs in the world at the time. And if you know him, he's now known as Commissioner jefferies Friends, the idea that God only loves the good is a myth. God loves all and he has a plan for all. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, and however you feel about yourself, know this God loves